The views and opinions expressed on the Unpronounced podcast are solely those of the hosts or any participants and do not reflect the opinions of any persons or organizations they may be affiliated with. All content is that of personal perspective as opposed to formal advice. Now that that's out of the way, enjoy the show. Now is what brings us together today. Strike that. Reverse it. Hey friends, and welcome to another episode of the Unpronounced Podcast. I'm Amy. I'm Cleve. And we are so happy to be back recording for you guys again. We really do love this, even though sometimes we have to make time in the middle of a busy week, and that can be a little bit rough. Um, yes, it's pretty late for us right now to be doing this. It's late in the evening for us to be doing it, but it's mm. not late overall. Normally, we don't record this late, but we're pushing 8 p.m. right now. Yeah. Um, and I'm drinking coffee like the old 30-something woman. That. It doesn't affect me like that. I don't – the caffeine doesn't keep me up. It's like my body is immune to it. Mm. And Makes me poop. <laughs> it makes everybody poop. That's what coffee is good for. <laughs> I had like the worst idea the other day. I drank a full cup of coffee and ate a bran muffin. And I was like, what was I thinking? Yeah. I was fine though. But um just trying to wreck your porcelain. Dude, this episode is not about poop. So moving yeah. on. Uh, we actually have a pretty interesting episode today. So I really wanted to stay away from parenting for a minute. Yeah. We talk about parenting a lot. And I yeah. think it's it's good because there's so much to cover Right. Parenting is just never done from the second your child is born. doesn't matter if they've moved out. doesn't matter if they're on their own. There's still some aspect of them needing your guidance and support in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I feel like it's just it's never done. So it's this ever evolving thing. And I think we could talk about it forever if we tried. Yeah. But because this is a, a podcast about divorce and making divorce a little less divorcey, yeah. I really wanted to bring it back and focus on some of the areas of our relationship leading into divorce, because that's really the nitty gritty, right? That's the hard part about all this is figuring out how to get through it. Yeah. I have to admit, when we start talking about episodes like this, I tend to get a little bit nervous because am I going to open up old wounds? And I don't think... Open up old wounds in a way that would make you upset or a way that you think might create Create distance or a problem between us? Right. The latter. I disagree. I I, I, I think it's such ancient history at this point. we've grown to the point where that won't happen. But still, it doesn't stop the fact that I think about it all the time. And that might be what we want to dig into today. Yeah. And you know what's funny is I am not worried when we have these conversations about you and I opening up old wounds and fighting with each other. Mm-hmm. When we have these conversations, my worry is I don't want you to put yourself back in that emotional state for any period of time mm-hmm. and feel any of it over again. Because I, I know so. I'm not going to. Oh. But that sounded <laughs> yeah. terrible. Yeah. Like and a that- real asshole. <laughs> You're acting like a real McAsshole. A real McAsshole. Um, That's not how I mean it. But you know how I am. Once I I process something, it's it's done and over. Mm -hmm. I don't hold on to emotions like that. I think I'm past it too. But it's more of when we talk as – even as we're dealing stuff with with Tristan sometimes – and we talk and we don't agree because there are times when we disagree on something. There's just, definitely times, yeah. And I'm just like, are we good? Oh, like you and me, like, <laughs> yeah. did we just fight? Yeah, we fought. But are we still fighting? But we good. Are we good? Because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to leave in this bad. You do ask me that a lot. You were like, are we good? And I'm like, yeah. Good? Yeah. No, you're right. And just to clarify on one point, it's not that I never feel emotions again. There are things that will trigger, trigger me. like <laughs> certain feel emotions again. No, but like, you know how, especially smell. I feel like smell is really, really powerful. It That sense really can take you back to something. Mm-hmm. It can take you back to a very specific moment, good or bad. Um, same thing with music. Music does that to me a lot. Yeah, and so there are times true. where something will catch me and I'll just have a quick flashback and go, oh, like my heart will feel heavy mm-hmm. or my stomach might feel sick for a minute because I'm like, oh. But I very quickly move past it and then yeah. I just move on to whatever else I'm doing for the day. Um, I just, like I said, I don't like to live in emotion. I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, if I need Cry it out in the bathroom yeah, with a glass a of wine. Cry, I'm turning on the last episode of Derek and I'm just going to let it go for a cool minute. It's like, funny you say that. I brought that movie up to, or not movie, that show up to Cody the other day. And I said, I want you to check this out, 
Mm-hmm. But I know you won't like it, which makes me sad because it's good, but yeah. you won't like it. And he was like, there's nothing about this that seems interesting <laughs> to me. <laughs> and I was just thinking, you and I were in that show. It's yeah. a, If for anybody that hasn't watched it, it's a Ricky Gervais show. Um, it's still on Netflix, I think, right now. I think so. It is. I think I saw it the other day. It's actually fantastic. It feels a little bit slow, but get through it. Because once you kind of get into it, it gives you a whole other way to look at how we approach our relationships. Mm-hmm. It's it's fantastically done. Um, I think he even won an Emmy for it, or it was at least I, Emmy I'm nominated. Not, yeah, I'm not sure, but he, what he did win was my heart. He did. Like, yeah, that last episode of Derek, oh, killed me. That's right. Anyhow, let's get back on topic. Right. So diving into the relationship side of things, I wanted to touch specifically on the few areas and topics that came up right as we were deciding we were going to separate. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like for a lot of couples, that's a very defining moment. Because up until that moment, you're just fighting and it might get better. Yeah. You know, it might. There's something about making the decision that even if you change your mind in a couple months, because some couples do, when you first say it, there is a decisiveness, almost a feeling of finality that hits you and you go, oh, oh, shit. Is this ending? This, this is ending. This yeah. this is over. And we've we've hit that point where nobody wants to hold back anymore. Nobody's like, no, 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 I don't want to say that. Maybe it'll get better. Maybe it'll get better. Mm-hmm. You hit that point where you go, no, it's it's done. And that, that can be hard, especially in a relationship like ours where we didn't hate each other. We didn't have a reason yeah. to hate each other. We were just looking ahead and going, shit, the road ends. Shit, mm-hmm. that's... That's really hard. As much as I think the more explosive, maybe well-known divorces are ones that are ugly and messy, and maybe some people don't stay as cordial as as we have after the fact, I do think a lot of divorces, maybe I'm wrong here, but I do think a lot of them are similar to that where you just go, this is the end of the road. We're just fighting a lot. You don't hate each other. You're just like, dude... There's just a I'm moment not, that... I'm not the best yeah. me when I'm with you. There's a moment that clicks and so, where you go like, yo, is there a problem? Like, we have a problem, don't we? I remember a couple things. Do you want to get into this? Are you sure you want... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right? It's scary. It's scary. I think that there was a moment... I believe it was your birthday. I think we were doing it at a friend of yours house. You're looking at me like... Well, it depends on what you're going to bring up right now. So I don't know. Go ahead. I, it was just one of those times where I started to clock... I started to clock that things weren't clicking with us. And I believe there was a conversation about some of our friends that work together. And you were like, oh, I can never work. And I was like, well, that seemed kind of harsh to me. But okay, yeah, maybe maybe we just wouldn't work together well. That was the first time I clocked where there's something going on. Am I going to just back off of it or should I bring it up? I think I decided to just kind of like let it wash over. I remember what you're you're talking about. Yeah, I do. That was my 30th birthday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. It could have been the alcohol talking. I don't know, but I do remember that. What was the other thing you remember? Uh, was we had friends over at our house. And I can't tell you what the conversations were, but I remember that was the night before. We brought each other We brought each other downstairs like we held hands down the <laughs> stairs. But we just sat each other down and we were like, there's a problem here, huh? That was 4th of July. Was it Which July? is literally a month after my birthday. Yeah. We were sitting out back with some friends. Mm-hmm. And actually, the way that it all went down, it's funny because this exactly what you're saying. There's these weird triggers where you go, we're not just a little distant. We're not just fighting. Mm. Crap, this is deeper. And actually, we were talking about how they got engaged. Oh, yes. And it set something <laughs> off in me. It's all coming back to me. <laughs> <laughs> It set something off in me. And for anybody that doesn't know me personally, I do not have to say a word. My face says it all. Yeah. Uh, I Sometimes I try very, very hard to control that, especially in a professional setting. But depending on how deeply I'm feeling about something, um, especially things that are trigger points of anger for me, I cannot hide it. And I don't even think I said anything, but I think I just had this look. And I remember you looking at me and being like, dude, like, why? Why is that your reaction to this conversation? And of course, you know, you and I aren't the, we explode right on the moment. So yeah. we didn't start fighting right then and there. We were kind of like, we just recognized with a look that we need to talk about this later. We finished the night, they left. And then, yeah, I think Tristan was asleep and it was, yeah, we were sitting downstairs and it was just like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. What's wrong? Why is this wrong? And that was an avalanche after that. It just, 
there was no turning back at that moment. Yeah. Everything came out and it was like, oh shit, we have some shit to work on. Yeah. And very quickly, otherwise it's not going to work. And that's what threw us into marriage counseling. And I, I do think for a lot of couples, doesn't matter what it is, 4th of July party or not, whatever it may be. But I do think a lot of times it, it is, it, you can go through these massive, epic fights um, and you can really just be at each other and at each other. And it's funny because a lot of times when you really realize it's over, it's usually not at the end of some blowout. It's usually where in the middle of your day, in the middle of your life, at some moment, mm-hmm. something happens and you look at each other and go, this isn't right. And it's just, it's weird because in the movies, it's not like that. No. But in real life, it, I think it definitely yeah. is. I think you see that a little bit more. So I don't, I don't think the general idea of our story is uncommon. I, I think, I mean, I think our specific story is not, maybe not what everybody what do you mean? felt. What do you mean our, our story? That like that it was 4th of July and we were sitting with friends. That's what I mean. Like, oh. like the specifics, I don't think necessarily, but the general idea of just hanging out and all of a sudden one day it clicks and you're like, mm. oh shit. I think that happens more often than not. Yeah. Yeah. That was, and I think I could put my finger on why you're upset about it. Why you were upset about it, about <laughs> our engagement. God, because I'm upset about it too. What is what's happening? <laughs> I don't know. I think we might be about to talk about something I don't think we've ever talked about before. Go ahead. I always felt like you were upset at the way that everything went down, just because. For those who don't know, oh my god. <laughs> no, this is good stuff to share um, because I think more. So the day that we found out, going the day that we found out that we were pregnant with, well, you were pregnant with Tristan, is the day that I proposed to you. Yes. I had a whole plan. We had this like trip planned for New Orleans to mm-hmm. go. Everything was planned out. Finding out that we got pregnant with Tristan put me in a tailspin because now I'm thinking about my parents. I'm thinking about your parents. I'm thinking about us having a baby and we're not married. And my dad was holding holding your ring in the safe and stuff. And mm-hmm. your dad was holding the ring in the safe. And he handed it to me. And I think he just meant like, he just meant like, yo, do this when you're ready. Like, I'm not going to hold on. I don't know when you want to do this. And I think, oh shit, I got, I got to do it now. Cause everybody's going to be mad at me if I don't go to your family and say like, Hey man, I knocked up your daughter. <laughs> Fucking like, but I'm going to make her an honest woman, you know? And so I did it there. <laughs> Sorry. Is this so funny? It's not funny. It is funny. Uh, okay. I don't know why it's so funny. I'm so sorry. This is an emotional moment, but it's it's still funny because it just it just is. Go ahead. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Finish. finish. Oh, no, it's, uh, life doesn't happen like you said, like it does in a movie. Yeah. And I was, I was scared and like all my plans went out the window. And so I was like, what do I do? And for someone that can't decide, I don't know what clicked that day. It was just like, I got to, we got to do it. We got to make it right. And I asked you and I think, and I don't want to make it sound like you're, <laughs> you're not shallow, but I think every woman wants like this grand gesture of an engagement. And I took that away from you. So for everybody listening in, I think everybody's aware of how podcasting works in, in some respect. And more often than not, you don't just jump on the mic and start just spitting out anything you feel like Mm. there is some preparation that goes into it. And some episodes we wing more than others. I say that because we've talked about this episode. We have some notes, some things that we wanted to make sure we hit on. This is genuinely, literally the first time Cleve and I have ever discussed this topic. Mm -hmm. And I never, ever knew that you looked at it that way or felt that way about it. I had absolutely no idea that that was your perception of it at all. Like that surprises me, Mm. to be honest. Uh, You're right. I mean, I think you're definitely right. I think um, it's one of those things that I never knew was a a resentment of mine that grew silently. It's like a weed where you're tending the rest of the garden and then you look over and go, oh shit, that got big. Now that had nothing to do with why we got divorced. (laughs) But I think what happened is having that conversation about the engagement Mm -hmm. sparked that hint of resentment in me and then sparked every other emotion I was feeling. And it just was the fuel for the fire. Mm -hmm. It was the kindling. It really was. It was, this might not have taken off. This might not have blown up. But then you put in this fire starter and it was like, yep, we're good. Now we're completely ablazed and and here we go. We're going to, you know, we have to go tackle this fire now. What are we going to do? We're going to let it burn out of control or Mm -hmm. um, handle it. And so... Yeah, I, I knew you had a plan. I knew that something was, was brewing. I, I, that wasn't like lost on me. 
Uh, but yeah, I wasn't happy that day. I was, I was bothered. Why did you have to rush? Especially like when you say now talking about it and saying, well, I didn't want like your parents mad, my parents mad. This is one of the fundamental differences with you and I, because you, you do look towards, this might sound bad, but you do look towards other people for a certain level of approval and validation. Like you want to make sure you're doing something right. And there, there's a lot of good that can come from that, but it also can push you into situations that maybe you don't need to be in. Mm-hmm. And it can also hold you back from things because you're so worried about that acceptance or that approval. Mm-hmm. And I'm not that way. You know, I'm like, fuck them. I'm no, this is what's right for me. Fuck them. Like, you know, and I care about what other people think. And I definitely will consider that and take it, you know, take it into whatever thought process I have. But there are exceptions to that, right? I mean, if it's a major thing that's really going to affect my life and really nobody else's, then in my opinion, you're not out of the equation, right? I don't care what other people think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't do something for me at the ex- you know at the expense of other people if it's going to hurt other people to only make me happy. No, I don't want that. But outside of that, I don't really care. And so, yeah, I mean, let's be honest. No girl is like, to paint the picture, we went to your parents at like 7.30 in the morning, woke them up. And said, holy shit, we have to tell you we're pregnant. And I mean, your parents are both in their pajamas. And it was right there in the middle of the the like living the room. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I hadn't even showered that morning. Yeah. You know, your mom's in her bathrobe next to me. Your dad, like, I was just like, why did this have to happen right now? I was more bothered, not because you, I didn't feel like it came from a place of, I am boiling over with joy. I have to do this now. I felt like it came from a place of like, I feel like this is the right thing. And so now I'm going to do it. Mm. And that's, I think, what got me about it. That's what really bothered me. Mm. And so, yeah, was sitting in the backyard having this conversation about an engagement. And then whatever resentment I had built up about that, it just sparked everything and downward spiral. Yeah. But yeah, that had nothing to do with why we got divorced. (laughs) No, but like you said, it was. was... Yeah, it was the kindling. Yeah. It started everything, for sure. I'm sorry I did that to you. I, I understand why you did. And I I mean, I've forgiven it. it yeah. I know why it bothered me, but I knew you did it with the best of intentions. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's why I never got mad at you or said anything. Because that's the thing about you. Your heart's always in the right place. So sometimes it's hard to be mad at you. Mm-hmm. It's just like your heart's always in the right place. You're really trying to do your best. That's actually what's so frustrating is because then you go, and now I look like the asshole because I'm mad at him. Mm-hmm. that's actually what's more frustrating a lot of the time. And that, that actually went into a lot of things with our marriage where it was like, I can't be mad at you because everybody knows that you're such a do-gooder. Everybody knows that you're so well-intentioned that to be mad at you, I'm automatically the bad okay. guy. I would like to think that over time, well, I, it doesn't matter now, but I wouldn't make that snap decision. Yeah, but you've also grown a lot since you and I got divorced. You've you've done a lot of introspection, which has very much changed you in certain ways and grown you in certain ways. Mm-hmm. And I think in future relationships, it's going to be nothing but a benefit. I mean, I've grown too. I just, I will say, I think you put more time in after we split and probably grew more than I have. Uh, I don't. In diff- it's just like. Yeah, in, it's in different. It's, it's in, in different, different way. ways. Like, I mean, yeah. I've grown. There's things that I've calmed down a little bit more now just in learning from our relationship. Mm-hmm. But I mean, overall, no, I think I think you just put in more work after the fact. But maybe that's because I was. I well, are there a- things that are there things that you look at now and say, like, if this was shit, how long we've we been four years? four years, if this was five years ago, we'd be in a better place. Like right now, when I look back, I say, Amy worked a lot. She worked so much. She pushed herself so hard. And now to see like you work from home a bunch. Oh, man, I wonder if that would have benefited us when we were together. I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. Because here's the thing. You and I, and this is actually something we want to get into. There's a reason we actually took this personality test. Yeah. You know, when we talked about this. We were like, oh, this is interesting. Let's kind of take this person. Like, were we doomed from the start? No, I don't (laughs) think. I don't think anybody's doomed from the start. I think a lot of it is what you put into it. But I think working from home or maybe spending more time together, I actually think that would have fueled our problems faster. Hmm. Um, I worked a lot. I was at a point where it was time to build my career. It was time to put in the time to make sure that I could get to that elevated level and get to a point where I could have a better work-life balance Mm. at a time when Tristan was going to notice it. When he's two, as long as I came home and crawled in bed with him and he woke up with me, 
he didn't really yeah. realize I was gone so much. Being here now when he needs help with school, when he, you know, um, has friends that he needs to get dropped off with and all that. This is when I wanted to be able to be in a better spot. And I am. I'm mm-hmm. in a much better spot now. And I, I have a much better work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know that it would have changed anything. And I think there's no, you know, there's really no way to know. Yeah. But it goes into a lot of things when we talk about, okay, well, that was, you know, whatever straw that broke the camel's back, what have you. It's funny because that that conversation that night is what sparked us saying we should go to marriage counseling. Right. And for a lot of people, I think marriage counseling can almost feel like a stall at first. Because everybody has to be comfortable communicating. And a lot of stuff that people need to communicate about, they're not really ready to talk about yet. Because they're usually still so clouded in anger Mm -hmm. that they don't, they're not able to really see clearly and open up and have those conversations. Which is why marriage counseling can be so beneficial. Because it kind of tries to take the anger out of the room and the chip off your shoulder and just go, just talk to each other. Like, let's start from square one and figure it out. Because you and I didn't have that explosive relationship, when we got into marriage counseling and we were forced to put some of our areas under a microscope, it was like an accelerant on everything that was going on. And it just went, holy shit. It just made a lot clear because you and I weren't in counseling for months upon months. No, we were in counseling for a short period of yeah, time. We had like maybe four or something like that. Maybe a little bit more than that. I'm not sure. Four but we five. honestly didn't have a lot of sessions before we just went, shit, this is blindingly clear Mm. um, that we need some type of space. And yes, I do think that that was me a little bit more than you, but that's also because by nature I am more decisive. I am more clear about those types of things. Um, That's my intellectual driven. That's your emotionally driven. Mm -hmm. And so it was a little bit more me in that respect, but you know, I, you definitely saw it. And so this this one story, if you remember it and you'll tell it, is going to play into what we're going to talk about in the second half of this. So I want to tell the story and then and then take a break here. But one of the last therapy sessions we had, mm-hmm. we had really gotten into who we are. We had taken like the five love languages. We had right. talked a lot about some of our issues with the therapist, and we were driving home. Do you remember this? Yes. Okay, we we're driving home. Why don't you Why don't you finish it up and say what happened? So driving home. I remember having, I guess I always had a goal. Like there was a, there was a, a finish line and. In life or for us or what, what does that mean? For, I, both? I don't know. I get, yeah, I guess it would be kind of both. Um, just saying like, when is, when are you going to be, when are you going to be happy? For me, and, and this could be because I guess goal oriented wise, we're very different. You're very like corporate driven. You have a blueprint of where. You want to go and how to get there. I have more of an ideology of what I want. And it's like a blanket over a tree. And the thing about a tree is there's so many branch alternatives for me to head up. So it's hard for me to decide how I want to get to the goal that I want to get to. And so I think somewhere in all of that indecisiveness, I said, like, I have a wife, I have a, I have a kid, we have a house, you know, we're, this is the quote unquote American dream, right? So when is that going to be good enough for you? Does that make sense? It does. It just makes me sound like a fucking asshole. Well, no, but. I totally get it. And you're right. I totally get where you're coming from. It's just, it's just funny to hear it mm-hmm. said aloud. So yeah, you're right. But I, I get where you're going. In hindsight, and we've had this conversation before, mm-hmm. I can see where I'm, I'm wrong on that just because I I decided like where we're at was good enough for me. That's that wasn't fair of me to say that that was good enough for you. That should be good enough for you. Essentially, I was asking you to stop growing, and when you stop growing, you die. So you said that to me after the fact, but if you if you recount for folks, we were driving home, mm-hmm. and there was a bit of silence. Which, for anybody that's been through marriage counseling, knows the drive home is the worst oh, after because yeah. you just had this emotional session where you're spilling all this stuff. With this third party who's trying to walk you through it, and then you get mm-hmm. in a car by yourselves, and you go, uh, "Do I talk? Do you not want to yeah. talk? Should we talk? Am I just going to yell at you? Do I not yell at you? Or are we just like..." And so there's bits of speech, and then there's bits of silence, and the whole entire thing is yeah, awkward and overwhelming. Very awkward. Um, it's really uncomfortable, mm-hmm. especially because our therapist was an hour away. Yeah. But that's that's just <laughs> oh, who, yeah. that's who we decided to see, and so it, it made it difficult. But we were driving home, and after some silence, do you remember what you specifically asked me? That ended up getting you to be that point of like, if you stop growing. Yeah, I asked you when you were going to be done. Yeah. When you were going to be finished. And I said. You're not. (laughs) (laughs) I said, I won't be. I was like, life is a continuous, for me, Mm -hmm. you know, path. It was a continuous area to improve. And and I, I didn't mean that to mean that 
I'm never going to stop and, you know, enjoy my time or be retired or any of that. That's not how I meant it. But I certainly didn't look at it as, okay, we had a kid, we had a house, money was fine. So that's just going to be what it was. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, how do we set ourselves up for the future? How do we set ourselves up for Tristan's future? Do we need to make more money so that we can do investments? Do we need to do this? Where do I want to go? Do I want to live my life in California? I don't really necessarily know that I want to end up in California. Mm -hmm. Do I want to leave property behind for my kids? I don't like, I had all these other things running through my head that I felt like you just did not care about. Mm -hmm. You were done in your mind. It was like, I have what I need and it was over and I just disagreed. Yeah. And it made it really hard to do anything else because then you, (sighs) some people are going to understand what I mean by this and it's going to sound bad and I'm sorry, but at some point you just feel like, okay, I'm the one forging the path and I don't want to drag you along. Like Mm -hmm. you don't always have to be right beside me, but I wanted you to sometimes lead and take the brunt off of me. Yeah. Sometimes fall back and let me do what I needed to do. But the majority of the time I wanted you to be right next to me, like, okay, I got this. We're going to, mm-hmm. we're going to do this together. Like, how can I help? What do you need from me? Um, and that's, that's where I just felt like, I didn't even feel like necessarily you were behind me. A lot of times I just felt like you were like in the other room, like, let me know when we're there, like in the know. back seat asleep. And I was like, motherfucker. But to be fair, I never told you, I never mm-hmm. sat you down and said, we need to do all of these things. So as much as I can say that and say sometimes I felt like I was dragging you along, I guess what else am I supposed to expect when I don't know that I ever brought you to the table for mm. the discussion? You know, so there's a lot of there's a lot of hindsight and that's where a lot of my growth is because I naturally am yeah. I'm gonna lead, this is the best way to do it, let me get in there and get it done. That's why I'm good at my job. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't always bode well for relationships. And so all of those things became factors that ultimately broke our ability to do a lot of things yeah. to when I say trust each other, I don't mean trust each other for things like infidelity. I just mean trust each other to be that support. Like it, it took me a long time to realize that I could sit down and let someone else take care of things for a bit. And that, mm-hmm. that is still uncomfortable for me. I do it now yeah. a lot more and I try, but it's still really uncomfortable for me. Yeah. But I think it's, it's necessary. It's necessary to find that trust and let your partner sometimes be there and mm. be a partner. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really important. So let's take a break and move <laughs> yeah, away from, fuck. yeah, I feel like some depressing shit, but we're just, we're not the only ones. I know that there's people out there listening that are probably happily married going, I'm so fucking glad I don't have to deal with that. Maybe other people who are in the middle of this right now and know what we're talking about or people that have been through it and, and are like, oop, remember that. That's how it goes. Yeah. So let's take a break. And when we come back, some of these things that we're talking about, um, the differences in us and some of these key indicators, we've broken down in um, an Enneagram. And I, I want to talk about our different personality styles. So stick with us, guys. We'll be right back. What are you doing? I am trying to get my voice right for this podcast. I went downstairs and I stole some of your tea and some of this honey. My good honey? Yes, this is some great, delicious honey. Where'd you get this? Oh, it's from Wild Roots Farm. I can't believe I haven't told you about them. They are an amazing family-run farm, and they're dedicated to keeping everything they do eco-friendly. Do they only have this honey? No, they've got organically grown flower seeds, and they also sell cruelty-free sheep wool products. You can follow their journey on Instagram at Wild Root Farms LLC, and also in their bio, it contains a link to their Etsy store where you can check out all their other cool merch. Wild Roots Farm. Go check them out, y'all. Welcome back to the Unpronounced Podcast. Thank you for sticking with us through yeah. the first half, which may have how, felt how that make you feel weighted, guys. How that make me feel? Um, you know what? Actually, made me feel honest. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm glad that we talked about it. Um, yeah, for the first time, we never really talked about that stuff. We talked about a lot of stuff. I don't think we ever talked about that. You know, it's funny. Now that we're divorced, I feel like we, we still have more. better communication yeah, than most do. married couples. Uh, Honestly, yeah. we communicate really, really well now. Um, and we definitely communicate better now than we did when we were together. Hmm. But like I said, I think that's because when you don't feel like you have something to lose, so to speak, it's easier to be free. Yes. Yeah. Like I would never yes. want to lose the relationship we have now, but you know what I mean? It is, no, it's no, a different I, dynamic. Yeah, I totally understand. You're, you're right. There's a pressure there that's, especially for me, I remember, and- Maybe we'll get into 
why that is. I can look in hindsight and go like, I was a yes man probably a lot. Happy wife, happy life. Happy wife, happy life. And maybe some of those things were weighing down and making me grow a little bit resentful. And uh, yeah, why why is that? Let's talk about our... Let's talk about differences. Our Enneagram. Yeah, our Enneagram. So Cleve actually brought this to me and I thought it was really great. Um, I've taken... I've actually taken a lot of personality tests mm-hmm. in the past. Corporate America loves a good personality test that, side note, um, they never do anything with. <laughs> it is a really fun break in the monotony and you take the personality test and everybody evaluates each other and everybody talks about what they got and who they are and they mm. all laugh and go, ha, that's totally you. And then <laughs> no one uses it in management to help guide or grow their people. Yeah. They just don't. Anybody in corporate America will probably be laughing along with me right now going, that's true. I've taken like seven of these and nothing really came of it other than getting your results. Yeah. And a couple immediate conversations thereafter, it just all of a sudden dies. Nobody does anything with it. Yeah. Um, so I've taken quite a few of these in the past and they all always end up saying the same thing because quite frankly, they're right and I am who I am. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we as a couple, took the five, uh, the five love languages yeah. as part of our counseling, which in, a bro- in broadest terms, it's a personality test, but it's it's very differently focused. It's focused yeah, it's on what like, do you need in relationships. You, yeah, how do you receive? Yeah, how do you receive? And you can, you, you can apply that outside of romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. You can. But it's really more meant, I think, in my personal opinion, it's meant more for romantic relationships. I concur, doctor. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we stepped outside of that and we took this Enneagram and it's it's funny. So we spent some time looking at um, the different types and we actually, <laughs> before this episode, we, we were trying to guess each other's because we were going to need it. To, we we're going to need to know because I wanted to take a look at, at how we overlapped. But um, we were both wrong about yeah. the other person. Yeah, I uh, I think I pegged you as a, a three, which I believe is the achiever, and it was the it's like the success oriented, pragmatic, adaptive, driven. It says image conscious. I mean, you take long periods of time on your hair, but that's that's a physical appearance. Image yeah. could be how I'm perceived in a number of different ways. But yeah, also that you don't give a fuck. Some extent. Here's the thing. I care enough to know that how people look at me is going to be important to certain areas of my success, mm. but I don't care enough to go home and lose sleep over it. I, yeah. I have a boundary where I shut that off and there's an yeah. area of my life where it's important and there's an area of my life where if the people that I'm closest to, my friends and my family are good with me, that is all I need. Mm. Um so, yeah, there's that. So that was fair. And so that's what you thought I was going to be. That's what I thought you were. And what did I end up being? Number yes, eight. Which is the, the protector or the challenger, which yeah. is how it's known. And mm. that is the powerful dominating type. Self-confident, yeah. decisive, willful, and confrontational. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How did you not peg that one right off the bat? I, I think just what I was looking at didn't have all those words up front. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's that's um, that's funny. So I thought you were going to be a six, which is considered the the loyalist. So it's someone who's committed, security oriented, engaging, responsible, but also anxious and last word not so much, but suspicious. And I, I didn't mm. take that word so much for you, but I did take it because you are kind of like I can't tell you how many times you've been like, I don't know, man, I don't know. Like, that's a common phrase out of your mouth, and I, I kind of. See? <laughs> um, but it is like, I don't, I don't know, man. But that really caught me as you. I, I felt like you do want to make sure things are good, things are secure. Mm-hmm. You are very responsible. But you can tend to get anxious when you're... Oh, I'm... Yeah. Yeah, in I'm the middle of something. I'm a super anxious person. Yeah, so I was actually really surprised to find out that you are, in fact, not a six. Nope. You are, in fact, a nine, which yeah. the title of this makes sense. Um, the Peacemaker easygoing that's definitely you mm-hmm. self-effacing also true receptive reassuring agreeable and complacent how did i not pick that one up right off the bat yeah there's certain things that i'll read on these and it's just it makes you stop and laugh and go like wow these are these are pretty on point the one that uh you were reading about us together because i look at them and go <laughs> could this have saved <laughs> could this have saved us a lot of a lot of hassle so like did you did you knowledge is power mark down notes about 
ours, what it said for us together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a couple of things here. So um, for anybody that hasn't taken this, I suggest you do it, even if your relationship's in good standing. Yeah, for sure. Um, or, and this is good for anything. Honestly, understanding a little bit more about how you work yourself mm-hmm. uh, is, is good outside of romantic relationships as well. We actually had our son take this tonight. Yeah, we did. To get a better sense of him, and I will tell you if it was it was spot on. Yeah, it was spot right. on, and I will definitely go investigate a little bit more because I think it'll just help in how we continue to work and communicate with him. Yeah, um, I thought you were just gonna, were you gonna ask me a question? I, no, I was gonna mention that I don't know why I I've been watching a lot of like reality TV. Lord help me. You sound like me on maternity leave. I think that's the last time I watched reality <laughs> TV was when I was on maternity. And those in those things where you're watching people interact and you're going like like what makes these people tick the way that they do or what I, what would I do in this situation? How would I get along with these people? And I took this test and I was like it's more about like you said managing not trying to change who I am to fit somebody else's, you know, idea of what I should be, but just being able to look at it and say, this is who you are. And now let's manage these things. Well, it's where you catch your weaknesses. It's where you right. catch where you're maybe being abrasive or oppressive or yeah. whatever you may want to call it with another person where you're writing them off for your own benefit. Mm-hmm. That's, just, you know, that's you, just good yeah, for yeah, anybody you just that, to like, learn. Second nature too. You don't even realize once you become conscious of it, then you can. Yeah. And, and then like, Stepping away from just the negative, there's also the positive side there of understanding your strengths, understanding how best you can help someone, mm-hmm. where it's time for you to get involved and where it's time for you to step back. Yeah. So there's definitely, you know, both sides of the coin there. Uh, and it, it applies everywhere. So if, if you guys haven't taken it, I suggest you do. We should, we can drop the link to the one that we took. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes, but it's yeah. just enneagraminstitute.com, I believe. Uh, yeah, and it's, there's there's a couple different versions of the explanations out there, guys, for the nine different ranks that there are. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can check, you know, you can check any of them out. They're all, some of the titles might vary a little bit, but the, the core concept is yeah. entirely the same. But definitely, <sighs> oh God. Eight o'clock. Definitely take a look at the watch wheel and go to sleep. Yeah, I drank coffee and ate a bran muffin. <laughs> this is the stage of my life that I'm in. So you would gonna, think I was already a so golden you're gonna girl. Watch wheel. The news is gonna come on. You're gonna lay down, fall asleep, shit yourself. <laughs> I think I literally <laughs> fell asleep, damn near in the middle of a conversation with Cody the other night. We're just laying in bed and. I woke myself up snoring and I looked over and he's like reaching for the remote. He's like, I'm going to turn the TV off now. <laughs> and I was like, you're so welcome. This uh, is so attractive. Uh, he does it to me all the time. It's fair game. Anyhow. At least you didn't fart yourself awake. <laughs> God. Like the dogs do. That's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Why are you looking around? I like, when they, you. I like when they bark at it. We're like, they're genuinely scared. Do they do your dogs do Jax that? Jax used to do that. He would, he would fart and he'd go, <laughs> like, he was like, he like fart and be like, shit. It's, it's like, who's coming after me? It's like your butt, man. That scared me. Yeah. Oh, your shit. Intestines were I scared myself with my fart. Let's read uh, why we did that. What work. are we even doing now? <laughs> <laughs> I completely lost. Let's read what? The we're, we're gonna, we were going to uh, do some highlights about farting. <laughs> yeah, farting. We're going to do some highlights about. Uh, it, it gives you like a compatibility. Option. It does. It, it says can, like, it hey, this person compare yourself to, which I did with with Tristan too. Yeah, I need to actually look at. I started reading ours, but um, I, yeah. I wanted to focus on this for the episode. But yeah, I need to go back and take a look at that. Um, but so some of the strengths that it had between eights and nines were. Um, so I, again, I'm an eight, guys. I believe yeah. is the nine here. Nine. Uh, so some of the strengths are eights are full of self-confidence and mm. vitality, which nines tend to look up to. So mm-hmm. there's a certain level of admiration that comes along with that. And there's an appreciation for how eights are basically fearless in making things happen. It's just like, well, let's just get in there and get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes a lot of sense because I've said this in a previous episode where I came from my dad's approach to life, which was just nothing to it but to do it. Mm-hmm. Just get in there, get it done, and then cry whatever you want you do, about it later. later yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, now, nines bring to the relationship a sense of calm and me, stability. Baby. Yeah, that eights can find very soothing. And that is true. There were days I would come home from the craziness of my job. And I would relax with you for a couple of hours until everybody went to sleep. And then I would turn around and get back online and work, mm. 
well into the night. Um, do you remember that time we went to Knott's Berry Farm on the weekend with my mom? Yes. Everybody had a good time. We came home. Did they? Every, I think so. Okay. Okay. Damn. <laughs> That's a totally different. <laughs> All right. Maybe I'm revisionist history, though. The whole point was everybody went. They had their day. Came home. Everybody relaxed. Everybody was getting ready for bed. The whole house went to sleep. My little brothers, everybody, everybody mm. was visiting. And I was like, okay. And I went and it was like 8 o'clock at night. And I worked till like 2 a.m., shut it all down, got up at 6 and left the next morning. And my mom was like, what are you doing to yourself? Yeah. Um, and so in terms of a sense of calm, that was definitely something that you brought to the relationship. So that makes a lot of sense. So on top of that, uh, nines, um, outside of the, the soothingness that they bring, they also encourage the eights bravado so just it basically would make me more confident i was flavor flaving your chuck d yeah Yeah, minus the clock you never wore a clock no bullshit um wait (laughs) and then together both have strong willpower Mm. and see value in creating safe retreats from the world Mm. so that was one thing and that is very true when it was time to like really shut off and find like a safe space i am so big about my house being a home i want my house to be welcoming and warm like i am not minimalistic crazy modern yeah um i think you know you could walk in here now and people would go i'm I'm cozy here i'm comfortable it's a really big thing for me and I like to, it's a big reason I have an office right now that I can shut the door on at night and then separate and go spend the rest of my family time with everybody else in the rest of my house. Mm-hmm. I do not have to see my computer staring in front of me. It's it's definitely a big deal. Yeah. Um, and you were very much like that as well. When it was home, it was like, okay, Yeah, I need home. to have, especially now, I need to have like space. It always has to have some kind of green in it. So yes, I feel like green I'm like, is so, I have pops of green all over my house. Yeah, I have like little planted potted plants mm-hmm. like hanging in my room and stuff and i'm just like yes. yeah but yours are real mine are all fake because i no, can't know they're, no, they're not real anymore oh i killed those long ago oh, okay my fake plants that because i did not pretend to water them <laughs> 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 love you mitch i love mitch Hedberg. he's fantastic anyways so looking at this though the problems they were they were pretty spot on yeah, yeah. um and and talking about some of the examples we gave prior to the break uh, i think these will resonate with people's when things start to break down in a relationship between the eight and the nine, the responses are completely opposite. So the mm. eight pushes harder. They are problem solvers. You know, they want to fix it. How do I get in there? How do I manage this? And nines shut down. So therefore, eights essentially become more the demanding. Naggy. They start to demand things and they expect that the nine is going to rise to their level and act how they act. We have a problem. You should step up and fix it. Mm. This is how we're going to do this. And nines are like, you know what? I'm going to go on emotional strike. Peace out. You're too much for me right now. Mm-hmm. You're pissing me off. Bye. And in a lot of respects, that's what happened. And we, it wasn't explosive, but I, I definitely did a lot of like, okay, we have to do X, Y, and Z. This is how this is going to work. If it's going to work, it's going to work like this. Yeah. And you were just kind of like, I, th- I think it was like a, overload yeah and you just kind of like stepped back and again it was just like okay and it it wasn't i never ever thought it was because you did not care i knew you cared Mm -hmm. it wasn't that but it was just it was proving the point of like i just have this different idea and i was constantly making you anxious or uncomfortable because i had a way that i thought was the right way to fix it and then your way was just like you know what i'm gonna put this bullshit to the side and go zen out and i was like we don't fucking have time to zen out and you and i have both reached a far better middle ground now that we've separated and and all that but at that time this is so spot on there's another piece to it too really quick before you comment which is (sighs) it's i hate i hate the way that this was said but it's so true um what then happens is eights just lose interest when it seems like mm. something is, for lack of a more sensitive phrase, a lost cause. When you're looking at something as a problem and mm-hmm. you're not putting the person or the emotion behind it, which I fully admit sometimes I have a huge heart and I really care about people, but I can get so task oriented that sometimes I kind of forget the person behind it, mm-hmm. um, which I've worked very hard not to do in the last few years. but. Unfortunately, it is still something that happens with me. And so when the eights lose interest, nines basically think that eights are too bossy now. They're just a pain in the ass. They're just like, you know what? You're everything I don't want to deal with. I can't relax with you. I don't know if there was ever a point where I was just like, you're too bossy. But there is definitely points where 
I think I'd be in a room and I'd see like a look on your face and I'd be like, I'm just fucking sitting here. Like, why are you so upset at me? Yeah. But that that's kind of the point. How you, know you said I mean? like, you know, happy wife, happy life. There was, I think there was times where you felt like, what else do I yeah, need yeah. to do? And there was a total misunderstanding that it wasn't that I needed you to just agree with me. Yeah. I wanted you to do the work with me. Those were those were the two. That yeah. was the big it, difference. It's that's so funny that you said that the way that you just said it too. Because I was just talking to Tristan about it, and uh, I was saying like you want this one outcome, but you're not willing to do the dirty work into figuring out how you're going to get it done. I think that's something that I've I've been working on within the past, you know, three or four years or whatever. But uh, I praise you a lot for that, though, for helping me kind of grow up in a sense, because there was there was parts in our relationship where I would always be, I don't want to say upset with you, but you know how just we talk I'm like, damn, bitch, like we both are. This is the first time for both of us. Why do you think you know so much more about this than I do? You know, so there, there was just those moments where I was just like, we're we're both new at this. Why are you fucking? I don't know, man. Because I did. Yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> Sorry, that sounds you so did. shitty. It wasn't that I knew more. It's just that... No, but you did. But I, I think that was the thing that would frustrate me is because, you know, I have a project management brain. Mm. So the core concept of workflows are the same no matter what project you were trying to get done. That's the core of a good project manager is you know, okay, I've got to start here. I've got to get to a middle ground here and I've got to end here. And the values are different, but the... You know, the um, formula is 100% the same. So it doesn't matter what new situation we are walking into. Like you said, you are tree branches. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, Gantt charts. I'm just like, no, that's not. I know exactly what I need to do and which steps. And I'm going to learn different things along the way. And that's great. And I will take everything I learn and push it into my plan. And it'll be that much better in the end. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm five steps in (laughs) and you're standing looking up going. Well, it's like. That's a good branch. And I was like, here's a perfect, here's a perfect thing is, get up here. (laughs) Is when we were married, I would always let Amy drive. I love to drive. (laughs) I would always let Amy drive because God forbid you get to a place the way that that's not on Amy's ways in her brain. Cody, please don't listen to this episode right now. Oh, does Cody feel the same way too? No. Cody still drives. Um, Cody does still drive. Oh, so he just tunes it out? (laughs) Cody and I are far more similar. With these things. So he doesn't do it the same way. But there are times where he will be driving or something. And I'm like, stop, 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 stop. You're way too close. Stop, stop. You're way too. And he's like, he'll just look at me. I'm not even talking about that. No, but my point is that it's something like that. And it'll look as he'll look at me. And he's like, he never says it. But the look is definitely. Bitch, "Bitch, shut the fuck up. Do you want to drive? You want to drive? Like, okay, fine. You drive. And I, you know, and then you know me. I'm like, gladly move over. That's a problem. So. But yes, this is. I'd just be like, I'm like, <laughs> it, the, the, it's in the same fucking place. We're going to get there. Just it be- wasn't the most efficient it way. And if sometimes, it's not the most efficient way, why do it? Sometimes you got to enjoy the view. I enjoy the view. If you want to enjoy the view, there's a very efficient way to make sure that you get the best view. Oh, but, oh, I don't know. See, that's the this problem. Is- We're just two different people with this. And I know, like, listeners, you'll be like, she needs to relax and just calm down. It's not like I don't mind. I'm definitely like, a, let's just take a drive. Let's just, that's that's not what I mean. I'm definitely like, okay. You know, there's times where I'm like, I just want to drive up the coast. I just want to go to the beach. Mm-hmm. I have no set plan. That's fine. I'm, I'm definitely like that. But when it, especially when it came to, if we were out of town and we were driving somewhere that's fairly new. Oh, yeah. You have to admit, I am more directional. Oh, yeah. Than you oh, are. no. Yeah. I, I second direction. Yeah. You, uh, if you get me there, I can yeah. 100% get us back. I don't need maps. And for any of our friends listening, they will go, yep, that's true. And I understand the general concepts of, of city management and how like city plans are laid out. So if I get stuck somewhere, I can go, okay, it would make sense that a freeway on ramp is probably going to be in this general direction. Mm-hmm. That's how my brain works. So whenever we're outside of like our normal city, it's I, making me feel really good. No, I just it I is. would be like, move the hell over, please, because it's it was it's that's the thing though. That's the difference. Like it's it's so funny because it's a simple thing, mm-hmm. but it does speak volumes about the differences between us. Because it was literally, I'm not kidding, painful for me. It's yeah. like when a rush of adrenaline runs through your body and you can feel it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if you would just do this one thing and then follow it by this next thing. And then this next thing we'd be fine. Yeah. And you were like, 
it will still be fine. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, but we're going to be there 15 minutes later and we're going to go through this and that. And you're like, so? And I was like, why? Why? Like, if we're not detouring to go look at something fun, mm-hmm. why not just get to where we want to go as quick as we can get there? Like, I'll detour if there's a good reason to detour. And we just, I mean, when we went to New Orleans, you, there wasn't even a question. We no, got out, we got our rental like, car, and like, you, hey, like, you handed me the keys just immediately. Just fucking take it. I'm not driving <laughs> fucking around fucking Madame Tussauds and shit. <laughs> you you going to put me in Jefferson Square? No thanks. You take the car. I was six months pregnant. Like You were. And right. you couldn't drink, so I was like, yeah, you should just drive the whole time. <laughs> yep, pretty much. That's how that went. But yes, this is very true. I That's a, that's actually a fantastic example of it. I drive all the time. And oh, poor Cody, he's going to listen to this episode and be like, this is where I hate you guys being friends. Because you guys gang up on me about things. No. It's true, no. though. You guys will sit there and be like, yeah, I know she does that, right? Yeah, and I'm like, she, you know what? Yeah. Fuck you both. <laughs> you can't. Um, I don't know. It is what it is. It is I am I am who I am. Um, we're all good. You guys are still here in some capacity, I mm. guess. <laughs> Can't be that terrible. The other piece of this, which is funny. So it's great to read this. And this is why I say looking at how, how accurate this was, it did start to bring back things that, you know, it's funny when you're in relationships, one of the biggest things to do is pick your battles. Pick your freaking battles. Not mm-hmm. everything is worth it. And as much as you know, I'm the challenger, I'm the protector, whatever you want to call it with this. I did appreciate from long ago the idea of picking your battles. I am better at it now than Mm -hmm. I was when we were married, but I always appreciated the concept. And while that is still very true, I think there are key indicators. So sometimes some of the things that couples argue about, they look at and go, is this really a big deal? No, it's not. And maybe that's true, but maybe, just maybe, if you ever get to a point where I call it the white knuckling, I actually heard this from someone I worked with a long time ago, and it was so true, where you don't even realize that you're doing it, but mm-hmm. your fist kind of tightens. And when your fist tightens, what happens? Your knuckles go white for a minute, well, right? Well, yours do, but yeah. Well, okay, sorry. Yours get lighter black. <laughs> but it's white knuckling, right? So it's this idea that you may not even realize you're doing it. Mm-hmm. You may be trying to keep your composure, but the second you feel that your hand is getting tight and you need to release... It means more to you than you think it does. And it's probably a good idea Mm. to step back and take a minute and think about why it means something to you. And I'll give another really good example that talks about the the way that a nine user Mm. might step back and emotionally retreat from something um, and lose a sense of decisiveness because you're just like, dude, just whatever you want. Yeah, And it goes into how as an eight, I was like, would you please do the work with me? This is a fun fact about our relationship. We never decorated our bedroom. We never decorated our bedroom. We never really decorated it mm. because that was the one place that no matter what was completely ours. You gave me a lot of free reign to decorate the house however I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And you were for the like, I don't think there was ever anything I did that you were like, oh, I really hate this. No. You're pretty agreeable. It was like, yeah, yeah this is cool. That's good. I'm like, I think it's a you, house. Yeah. I think if you hated it, you would have said something. But when it came to our bedroom, that was a that was a personal space. That yeah. wasn't a community space. People weren't going to be in it. It was you and me and the kid every now and then, mm-hmm. right? And all I ever wanted from you was like, just give me a fucking color palette. Just give me something. And you were like, I really don't care. I like blue. I like green. I like this. You never settled on a color palette. And I was so fucking furious that I was like, I am not going to decorate until he settles on a fucking color palette. Wow. And you never did. And it was the one thing out of the entire house that I asked you to give me an opinion on, and you would never give me your opinion. And I purposely left that room undone because I was so pissed off. And it spoke volumes into other areas of our relationship that I didn't even at the time realize. And so when I look at this personality test, when I look at this Enneagram, and I look at some of the details here, and I stop and think, and that's why I would encourage people who are maybe in relationships now or potentially struggling this isn't just like a funny, you read it after the fact and go, ha, 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 hindsight's twenty twenty. Nah, man, take it. Do the work. Yeah. Look at yourself. Can I make you really mad? Yeah. I still don't give a fuck about what no, the bedroom No, that doesn't make me mad. That doesn't <laughs> like, make it's me a, mad. I don't know. To me, it's a, it's a it's, bedroom. It's fine that you, at I the spend, end of the day, don't genuinely care, yeah. but it pissed me off that you wouldn't. I felt like you were unwilling to do the work with me. And what I about think, other parts but of the I home? Think ha- the color palette for the for the loft and all of that. You agreed with me. I wanted you... Yeah, because you, I'm not going to... I wanted you nah, to start it. Go, no, I wanted go. you to start it, though. I, I was like, just mm. give me what you want, and I'm going to build off of that. 
and you could never start it. You wouldn't. And I know that it's genuinely because you didn't care. But what I never said to you, and this is this is how relationships break down. I never said it to you. And I should have. I should have given you the opportunity to understand how, why it was so important to me. Yeah. And let you decide what you were going to do with that. And I didn't. And I don't think you understood me well enough because we were so fundamentally different. I don't think you ever understood me well enough to know what I was really asking for. Mm. And so there's just a breakdown all around. But it's the simplest thing where it's like, just pick a fucking color and I will take that and I will run with it from there. I know generally what you like and you dislike and I know what I like. So so what if I picked the color and you didn't like it? If I really hated it. Then my I, opinion wouldn't matter. No, 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 no. I, I, that's, that's not, that's not true. I'm not going to say that I would have looked at something and been like, okay, I'm going to paint the room bright fucking red because you wanted to. I would have been like, okay, well, I'm curious. Wait a second. I don't really actually like that color because I think it's going to clash with this or I don't think it's soothing to sleep with. I would have 100% said it to you. But I would have been like, okay, do you have a backup? Is there anything else that you like? And I would have run off of that. And I think that's pretty fair. You know that I would have been like, Mm. ugh, is there a backup? (laughs) But see, that's also the thing too is you take that as like, well, fuck, you don't like my opinion, so why should I bother? But I no, but see, I don't look at it that way. Yeah. I look at it as collaboration. You're trying, you're giving suggestions, you're putting in the work with me. Mm. At that point, what's now happening, back to the metaphor I used before, you're at the table. You're not outside the meeting room, right? Yeah. You're at the table with me, throwing ideas back and forth. And so even if you didn't give me one that I immediately liked, you're in the conversation. Yeah, that's what I, I wanted. And that's that's where we, we broke down in a lot of different areas. Mm. And maybe, I'm going to guess probably not, but, well. I would have picked blue if I knew it meant that much. Well, it's too late. (laughs) It's too fucking late. Um, But, you know, if you are someone that's willing to actually read this test and really take time and examine how it might apply to you in your relationships, Mm -hmm. um, maybe it will save some things like that for folks, right? Yeah. I think when if we would have taken this at that time, I think we were just in too weird of a funk that we didn't even realize we were in right away that no maybe it wouldn't have changed anything but um i think it's i do think it's really helpful like i said take take this guy's branch out use it in your romantic relationships use it with your kids your your professional life it really doesn't matter yeah um i was reading some things that i was like yeah that's true and still got to work on that getting better but still got to work on that um absolutely yeah you can do um the enneagram or the the 16 personalities one that's the what is it that like the infp and mm-hmm. jfp or nfjp or whatever yeah um I, I think all of them are good all of them but they all kind of speak the same language but yeah there's there's things that i look on them now and say like i'll never be a fan of confrontation uh i'll never that's not something i think i can ever fix i just don't like it you know so i mean there's some other things that can work on that will you know potentially help me grow more because growing is showing. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> I think that this is... This was this good. Is... You know, it wasn't as scary as I See? presumed it would be. Fearlessness. Just jump in. Both feet. It's okay. This is... I think this is really important, though. Like I said, when we were, when we're talking about the actual relationship side of divorce and not just mm. the co-parenting factor after. Because I don't think you and I would be able to co-parent as well had we not been able to be so open and deal with the issues that we did have and mm-hmm. be able to have conversations like this. Because yeah. how easy is it to take leftover anger, frustration, resentment, whatever word you want to use, and Little maybe without it. even intentionally, you know, in, like intending to do it, let that boil over into a disagreement you and I had about Tristan yeah, yeah. or whatever. It's, it's very easy for it to happen. It happens <laughs> all the time. It happens all the time to couples, yeah. right? It's like, well, I don't want him to play basketball. Well, I do. Well, see, you've always been like this. Back in 2000, you didn't want me to blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, let that shit go. Tired of you yelling at him about his homework. I only yell at him because I know that he could do it. Well, you never painted the fucking room blue. Like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> That's yeah. exactly that. Honestly, that that does happen, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely agree. And so I think the fact that we're able to have these conversations is 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 huge. And this is exactly what we mean when we say we are making divorce a little less divorcey. There's, it's not time for that yet. You guys can reach out to us. We always want to hear what you think about all of this and, and any additional thoughts that you guys have or new information that you want to share or even corrections if we got something wrong, guys. Mm. Reach out to us at unpronouncedpod at gmail.com. 
Or you can also hit us up on our Instagram at unpronouncedpod. Uh, show us your Enneagram scores. Put them in the comments. Let yeah, us, I'd love to see your scores yeah, with, see how you guys, with your spouses or partners. or What if we're not supposed then? to be friends? <laughs> <laughs> no, we'd love to see it. So thanks again for joining us. We are so excited to see you guys next time on Unpronounced, where we try to make divorce a little less divorcey. Bye. Paint that fucking room. <laughs>